Hello and welcome to the Irish NFL podcast. I am your host, Gordon Bridgefield, and I am joined by, as always, by Brian O'Leary. Uh, Brian, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Gordon. Just the two of us this week. Just the two of us. Uh, as, uh, as always, this episode is sponsored by Titan Roofing, your one-stop shop for all roofing needs in Dublin. So please support them as they support the podcast. Yeah, as you say, Brian, we are by ourselves for uh, this week. Uh, our host extraordinaire, Mark Cockrell, has had to bow out this week. And again, look, it happens. But I suppose we're used to carrying this podcast on our shoulders, so it's, it's nothing new for us, is it? Yeah, I don't know if he'd be happy hearing us say that, but uh, yeah, unfortunately... Mark has uh, had to take a leave of absence due to uh, personal family stuff. So yeah, for luck. Brian, you're being you're being generous there. Let's be honest. It's because he watched that Patriots game. Yeah, the Patriots got away with one, didn't they? Really, because the Jets were winning by ten, and then I think the Jets <laughs> realised, oh no, we better not win this game because we could lose out in the uh, the Lawrence Stakes in the long run. So uh, we'll, look, we'll just we'll just look like we played well, but we lost. Yes. Yeah, so ah, yeah. They, they stuck out a win at the end with a late last second field goal. Yeah. Yeah, I know it'll be a it'll be a strange one not having Mark on for this, as he is the man that leads us through these overviews of the weeks gone by and the weeks ahead. But we'll try our best. We will have a bit of fun in this podcast. We're going to have a look at um, kind of mid season awards for a few position groups for yourself and myself. Uh, but to kick it off, we have a few games we want to touch uh, base with from the weekend. And I suppose we've just mentioned there the Patriots one. There's not really much more to talk about that. Um, my Steelers, 8 0. Um, it was a, uh, we were texting the night of the Steelers game, and you you kind of said, at what point are the Steelers losing? Was your question to us? Because both myself and Mark were, were optimistic that we wouldn't win, we wouldn't lose the game. Look, my one line on it is you have, the Steelers have these sort of games every year. Uh, we are synonymous with this sort of a performance. And I would rather it have happened at the weekend against the team we were playing as opposed to a bigger team or in the play- playoffs. So that's kind of my take on it. No, look, I, it was a bit toe-in-cheek because I never had any doubts in my mind, even hitting the fourth quarter, that the Steelers wouldn't pull it out. You know, the Cowboys played a very good game in fairness to them, having had so many injuries and a, and a quarterback that was just coming in off the practice squad from the Browns. But uh, look, Big Ben did what he had to do in the fourth quarter. A couple of touchdowns, Claypool. One of them and uh, Washington on the other. Look, they, they did what they had to do. At the end of the day, it's a win. A win is a win. And they move on now. 8 0. Yeah, he is. Big Ben is one of those old school quarterbacks. I was listening to the Around the NFL podcast uh, during the week uh, of this review. And they were saying Big Ben is one of those quarterbacks that when he does get injured, like, you know, he showcases it, but he is one of the still one of the hardest quarterbacks out there. Like, he came back, he performed, and he let us down and won the game. So, look, 8 0, which is first 8 0 ever in the Steelers um, franchise history, history yeah. which is which is a great start to the season. But look, we will touch base with one more team before we get into proper reviews of last weekend. Your New York Giants. Take it away. Yeah, well, I was confident we'd beat the Redskins because, sorry, Washington, because uh, we've, they're the one team that uh, we seem to always beat. Uh, Daniel Jones' career to date is 5-17, and 17, and four of those wins are against Washington. So didn't come as a surprise that we won. They're five turnovers by the defense in the game. It's, you know, that's a, that's a very good return. Um, obviously, Kyle Allen dislocated his ankle, went down the game, and Alex Smith came in and did reasonably well. But look, it was one of those games that even though Washington came back, I still felt the Giants had enough to pull out the win. So we move on. We're not completely dead yet. We still got a pulse. We played the Eagles this weekend. And if we do beat the Eagles this weekend, we're only a half game back in the division. Because they're going into our bye week two. So, yeah, you, you've, been stre- 
you've been stressing that point all week within our WhatsApp group. So look, we'll see how the Giants get on. Look, I think some great performances the weekend. Uh, we were watching a couple of games closely together uh, and texting each other throughout them. I suppose the first one was the Arizona Cardinals and the Miami Dolphins and two a time. Take us, take us through that game and the performance from both quarterbacks. It was a really tight game. Yeah, in terms of the numbers, very similar to it. Two touchdowns, 248 yards, no interceptions, despite one which was given as an interception only to be overruled, which is a bit of a strange one. I think he's quickly learning the NFL. If you're going to throw the ball away, you throw the ball away properly into the stands because he just seemed to, a bit of a flimsy throw on the sideline. And it was, a, it was a really good play by the Cards player who unfortunately just didn't get in balance. But uh, overall, to it, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by the performance because having played wouldn't say poor, but maybe average against the Rams that we prior to that. He came out with a really good game. Three two touchdowns. Murray again had a great game. Two hundred eighty six yards, three touchdowns. Ram winning himself as as per norm. But um, the Dolphins, fairness to Flores, he really has turned things around, and they really are a team going in the right direction. Four wins in a row. One game back on the Bills. I said it in the preseason that I had a sneaky bet on them at eight to one to win the division. And in the fourth quarter, in particular, like they were literally back and forth in terms of scoring touchdowns. But the fourth quarter, the Dolphins pushed on. And the Cardinals didn't score in the fourth quarter. Ten unanswered points. They came back from a, from a touchdown down. When the Cards went ahead late in the third quarter, I think a lot of people, including myself, felt, OK, the Cardinals will pull away now because a lot of people seem to think that the Cards are a hot team for in terms of going to playoffs. But this Dolphins team, you know, they really are surprising a lot of people. And uh, it's a great win for them. And this week they play the Chargers at home, and it could be four, it could be five in a row for them. So, uh, but to him, a lot of questions questions over the past week. And some interesting things I read was, are they playing him now to see what's going to come of this season? Because potentially yeah. with the Texans having such a poor season, and therefore round pick going to the Dolphins, arguably they could be in the top six again, selecting, and potentially in the sweepstakes again for moving up the draft and going after Lawrence and I think and people are saying the reason why two is playing is now they really need to find out is he the real deal before the end of the season. But I haven't seen last season's game, you'd have to think, albeit it's only one game, he is the real deal. So I think the big question for the Miami Dolphins will come down to where they sit in the draft. Do they have the position to take uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, at number one based on the, the Texans pick? At the moment, it's looking like the Jets are probably in that sweepstakes for that position. So then it comes down to Justin Fields, and I, I know they've mentioned one or two other quarterbacks, but is Justin Fields a better quarterback than Tua? And again, that is why, and that is, seems to be the rumor of why Tua has been played this early in the season, is they want to see what do they have a quarterback come the rest of the season so that when they come to the draft, do they use their draft capital to get more picks and really build around him, or do they need to replace him? Um, and it kind of reminds you of the the Arizona Cardinals move uh, for Kyler Murray. So I think it'll be an interesting one to play out. One of the points on the, the Cardinals, Kyler Murray again proved he is probably one of the greatest running quarterbacks in the league this season. Uh, again, over 100 yards rushing, led the rushing for the Arizona Cardinals. But also for me, and we've talked about it, myself and Mark continuously on this podcast, the receiving core that they have. And you've seen it, Christian Kirk this week was the leading receiver with 123 yards. So he just for example when Hopkins isn't having a great game or Larry Fitzgerald isn't there he has so many weapons to move to that it's just really interesting but yeah look I think the Cardinals they, they slowed down I thought they were going to win it Tua came back made some mistakes but I think it's uh, it's an interesting time for the Miami Dolphins 
just one more point on, on that. Um, we were discussing Justin Fields. There's actually a lot of comparison that Justin Fields is actually the next best thing you'll see to Kyler Murray. He's that type of quarterback. Yeah. Physique, the way he runs, and people are saying, arguably, this is a kind of one that people will trash back and forth, but people are saying he's potentially better than Kyler Murray. So, yeah. whoever gets Lawrence, well, the Jets will get Lawrence, but Fields, any other draft, Fields will be on the one. Yeah, I think it'll be a, it'll be an interesting one to see uh, the draft season and the off season for teams such as the Dolphins, etc., who just have so much draft capital. It's not about where they finish as a losing team; it's the picks that they've gotten from all the trades they've made. So, yeah, yeah I think it'll be it'll be an interesting off season for them. Okay, one of the other games I want to touch on, and I rewatched this in full last night, which was the Carolina Panthers and the Kansas City Chiefs. I didn't get a chance to watch it the night, so I watched it last night, and some observations and again correct me if I'm wrong and it, it might be it felt like it was a bit of a slow game it was a bit of a slow burner at first I felt like the first half in particular from both sides uh it took quite a while before the Kansas City Chiefs even saw the field in the first in the I think the end of the first quarter or started the second um but even Christian McCaffrey back for his first game he wasn't thrown into the deep end took him a while to get into it but Teddy Bridgewater does seem to be performing really well for the Panthers and they pretty much gave it to the Kansas City Chiefs and take white have of this is the Panthers aren't as bad as we thought they were under Matt Rule coming into the season as a rookie head coach they seem to have some good weapons and especially in the receiving core they make some big throws when they need it yeah I mean Matt Rule was highly sought after by the Jets and you know at one stage it looked like he was going to the Giants and the Panthers stepped in at the end with what we all thought was a bit of an astronomical contract but fairness he seems to have getting a good a good uh Spinning out of Panthers this season so far, I mean, they've had more wins than most of us would have expected, and a lot of people didn't see foresee that performance. And suddenly, um, McCaffrey was only coming back off the injury. So, despite having been back, how much of an impact would he have? And, and there was a lot of talk they were just, as you said, gradually moving into the game. But he scored a touchdown, he uh, he had a receiving touchdown. But, and you're right, it was a very slow game, and, and the Chiefs just couldn't uh, figure it out in the first half. You know, they were kicking field goals, they missed a the field goal, and it was only in the middle of the third quarter when they actually got their first touchdown. Um, Mahomes threw to uh, Hilaire, the, the running back, on a on kind of a fake, fake handoff, and he went around the side and in they went. But then he chose four touchdowns for 372 yards. So it's like as if he literally went off. And, and then all of a sudden, the game became a very high-scoring game, which we just couldn't see yeah. in the first half. And even at the end, fairness, as you say, to the Panthers, they were driving at the end, trying to get into field goal range. Um, they couldn't, they couldn't get to where they needed to go to get there, but they went for it in the end, which would have been a record 67-yard field goal for, you know, in terms of the NFL stats. He was never close. It was very unlikely he was going to make it. But at the same time, they got themselves in a position to try and at least win the game. And not many teams yeah. can go into our head and do that. So, yeah, the, the Panthers are, on the, are going in the right direction. The Chiefs, the Chiefs have shown that when they're up against adversity and they're down by a couple of scores, they can still come back and wish what they did in the playoffs last year. So the Chiefs are still the number one team for me. Yeah, they, Okay, Panthers aren't going to be in the shake-up for the playoffs, but still a big win for the Chiefs, I'll say. Yeah, no, I think it was a really good performance. I think the the interesting point, there's two that kind of stood out for me for the Chiefs, is Travis Kelsey is a phenomenal uh, after-catch runner. As in, some of the yards he was making after the catch, he just you don't think he's going to get there, but he has a really big stop, step, and go. Um and I think with Patrick Mahomes, he is his primary weapon. He is his go-to safeguard when a game like this is happening. But also Patrick Mahomes, and again, 
all of the throws he makes. He makes a lot of these kind of fling throws, side sideline type passes. But even there was an interesting one, the touchdown in the fourth quarter or third quarter, I think it was, was where it looked like he was going for a run move. He turned immediately, caught the ball on the move, curve it, and still threw a touchdown pass. Something you just you've never seen before in the NFL from quarterbacks, and that is what Patrick Mahomes does. He is uh, evolving within the position and you know creating a new role for quarterbacks within the NFL. And I, as you say, it's just unstoppable at times. Yeah, it's just it's like even the two um, two touchdowns to Tyree Kill. In the end, the undoing of the Panthers was their secondary because Mahomes was starting to hit the players down the field. But you're right, there's the Kelsey. I mean, he might pick up a five-yard catch. He bulldozing for another 20, 25 yards. It's just very difficult to... And you have two or three guys trying to put him down. It's, it's just that he's one of the best. If he's not the best tight end in the in the league, I'm not sure who is against, against yeah. him. You know? yeah. um, other games then. Uh, one other main one I want to touch on, and I know you watch this one in detail, so I'll hand it over straight away, but it's the Seahawks and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Allen, Josh Allen is back. He seemed to have a really good performance and the Buffalo Bills kind of are on a bit of a, a resurgence after kind of a couple of down weeks. I picked the, uh, the Seahawks on the podcast, but I actually ended up changing my mind later in the week and gone, and gone with the Bills and, and back in the Bills because I had a look again at that Seahawks defense. This hasn't done anything this season. Yeah. And Wilson, and we've discussed this, Wilson is continuously having to win games, not on his own, because obviously Metcalf and Lockett and other players are doing their business as well on the offense. But 44-34, 14 down in the fourth quarter. The, the Wilson is up against it very early in the game. The Bills literally went down in the first drive, touchdown, got the ball back, second drive, touchdown. Um, Josh Allen threw for over 400 yards. And in fairness, we're all very high on Josh Allen this year, but at the same time, I don't think there's many games. I think maybe the Dolphins game early in the season down in Miami where you might have thrown for numbers are in around that for 415 yards, three touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, no interceptions for him. So he, he's he's getting better, but I would put that game down solely on that Seahawks defense. They just cannot figure out how to, how to stop any offense at the moment, which leads me to think, how are they going to go to the Super Bowl? Because you, you have to think if they get to the playoffs, you're going to come up against a much better defense who can yeah. stop stop Wilson. And you're going to come up against offenses that are just going to be able to destroy that Seahawks defense. And the Bills, and the Bills, from the Bills side, you know, they're top of the division. They're the standout team in the division, but touched on the Dolphins are right there. And uh, the Bills have a, a really tough game this weekend against Arizona. So, But uh, look, if people, everyone expected Seattle potentially to win that game, but the Bills have proven that they're a real deal and they are, you know, they are a team that could potentially go to the Super Bowl. And yeah. these give the Steelers and the Chiefs a game come playoff time. Yeah, no, I think it was uh, an interesting performance. And as you say, I think it's the Seahawks defense. It's it's letting them down. There's only so many games where Russell Wilson can outthrow and outpass the opposition and outscore them uh, and not have to worry about his defense. And you come up against games and teams like the Buffalo Bills, who who they are a good team. And again, if you imagine if they play any sort of a decent defense moving forward into playoffs, it could be a struggle for the Seahawks. So, look, I think they were the kind of the three main kind of games that we kind of analyzed over the weekends. Some talking points I want to throw at you that I thought were quite interesting looking at the game. One was leaping quarterbacks. Um, Derek Derek Carr, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Taysom Hill, I think I saw. A few others. A lot of quarterbacks putting their head and body on the line to gain these first downs. Like, it was... 
the the Teddy Bridgewater one in particular and uh, the Derek Carr one. Derek Carr one was he he was like Superman. I think teams are starting to realize it's it's now or never. You know, we're at the halfway stage of the season. We're going to yeah. come to that in terms of what we think are the standout players. But you know, teams are just it's all on the line now. And you know that the, the uh, trade deadline is coming gone. All mm. the teams realize this is the squads they have to deal with and go. With. So it's look whatever needs to be done to get the win at this stage. Usually you see quarterbacks taking the knee and going down and giving up the play, but there was certain some plays on the weekend yeah. where a force down was needed and they were going hell for letter to get it. And have you ever, and then the other point I wanted to make was on fourth downs, we saw the Carolina Panthers going for twice on fourth downs, once with a fake punt, which they've done two weeks in a row. Uh, and again, just a second time, just going for it on fourth down, because as I've said numerous times, it is the new statistical way to go in certain games and again we're seeing a resurgence where certain coaches are bringing it into their play calling where they are going for more fourth downs but the Carolina Panthers against a good team went for it they didn't even consider um going for going for and I think the Cardinals did it as well I think a lot of that comes down to the nature of your head coach if he's an offensive minded head coach he's more likely to go for it there was other instances at the weekend where I saw four ones where you would have said you know what go for it you know, I think they're on the fourth you have 40 of the, you know, on the other half, you know, probably a little bit too long for a field goal, but certainly, you know, if you give up the ball, you know, you're still, you still have plenty of field in terms of them to go and score against you. They weren't down, they weren't down it, they were kicking, they were kicking, uh, sorry, they were punting away because you look at the nature of those head coaches, Romeo Cornell, for example, for the Texans, there was a four and one situation and he runs it, he runs it, he, he gets the first down, he wins the game and doesn't have a situation where the Jags are driving down to potentially put the game in overtime. Well, he didn't, he punted because yeah. nine times out of ten, that's what he does because he's defensive-orientated head coach and, or so other head coach. Still. But yeah, to your point, at the same time, it is the trend now, isn't it? You know, fourth and one. If you watch college football, it's fourth and one. They're going for it. There's no conversation where the yeah. NFL has always been a little bit more reluctant to do so, but the quarterbacks these days are all, you know, they're all good at running. So it's, you know, it's another option. You know, this kind of run, run pass option, and they take the ball and for the foot for the first down. So it's not like the old days where you're literally reliant on your running back to get you the first down. Modern, modern NFL, Brian, as we Absolutely. like to say. Look, last one, and we'd be remiss of us not to touch on it. Have you ever seen a winning NFL team within a game play three healthy quarterbacks within the same game by choice? because they just were winning by so much. And we saw the weekend with the New Orleans Saints feature Drew Brees, Taysom Hill, and Jameis Winston against his old Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, and afterwards made them eat the W on camera. Uh, like, we're not going to spend too much time on it, but worst worst uh, loss ever for Tom Brady? Yeah, four interceptions as well, you know. Um, I think of the interceptions he's thrown this season, something like 85% have come in two games against... The Saints. The Saints seem to have the Bucks number. We yeah. switched on it last week that it was a huge game as well for the tie break. We all went for the Bucks. I think we were all a bit caught out with that. But we've been stressing that the, the Saints, I picked the Saints to go to the Super Bowl. Um, we've been stressing that their offense has just not looked anyway up to what we've expected to see over the past few years. We were putting a lot of that down to praise. But they have had injuries. And at the weekend, there was no coincidence to see Thomas back. He gets double teamed, spreads the play, allows Kamara to do his business. They brought in some lovely little wide receivers, uh, Harris, and uh, then a guy, I think Troutman. Guys, Troutman, yeah. Yeah, under the radar guys who are just, you know, stepping up. 
And uh, I think Breeze really wanted that one because he's been getting a lot of stick. The uh, the exposure's all been on the books of Brady. And yeah. I think if you saw, I don't know if you had an opportunity to see the dressing room celebration after the game. Um, I did. Which was up on Periscope. Of, and Sean Payton in particular having a dance. And a lot of people have said that might come back to bite them further down the line. But look, yeah. you got to enjoy a win like that, especially going in against Tom Brady. But um, interesting as well, I saw Brady on the sideline saying he hates football. That was one of the little tweets yeah. that came out. Probably tongue-in-cheek, but um, he definitely looked a bit demoralised at the weekend. I think it was a tough loss for him. And there's definitely there's a good interview with the Rich Eisen show of Drew Brees on after the the win against Tampa Bay, well worth checking out. But I think some points just to make on how the offense went for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Alvin Kamara wasn't their leading rusher and wasn't their leading receiver. So I think this showcases the way the Saints are going with people back. Taysom Hill led the receiving yards with 54. And Michael Thomas was back, back in a four. And it shows you straight away, first game back, 50 yards, nothing amazing. But that's what you want. You want your lead wide receiver back. So look, Tough game for Tampa Bay. Everyone was very high in them. I think you have to start rethinking about their Super Bowl uh, credentials after a loss like that because it was it was tough to watch. Watch the highlights. You don't see Tom Brady feature until midway through the, the game. It was an insane game to watch. Um, yeah. I okay. watched the entirety of the game up to the point of the fourth quarter. And when I watched it on Monday morning. And uh, yeah, I gave up in the fourth quarter because I knew nothing was happening at that stage. Yeah, it was it was very evident. Some fun we're going to have before we move on to next week's games, and we'll get Mark Cockrell's uh, picks on these as well on next week's episode. And we won't go through the entire... We're going to stick to offense this week, Brian, and we're going to do some mid-season uh, awards. It's technically the mid-season, depending on how you divide numbers and do maths, etc. but we're, we're taking it as the midway point. Uh, I think most people do within the NFL. So I wanted to ask your opinion. I wanted a couple of things. Who is your leading MVP of the season? Any position? Uh, at the moment in your eyes and then I think rookie quarterback standout is definitely an interesting point that I'd love to hear from you and then we might touch base on wide receiver but in terms of overall MVP who is leading the race I know Russell Wilson was but he's had a tough few games as well with picks etc so who is the MVP candidate in your eyes right now I think Russell Wilson is the obvious one so I'm not going to give you the option I'm yeah. actually going to go with Big Ben having coming coming back off her Coming back off a year away, you know, a lot of people were expecting him not to be the player he was. Um, yep. He stepped up really well. The offense is firing. Didn't fire necessarily on Sunday, but he can't play well in every game. But by and large, of the seven games they won up to that point, they were putting up really good numbers. And I touched on this podcast, my, my concern isn't with the Steelers' offense, and everybody seems to think the defense is really good. But that's actually where I think the stumbling point might be. I think they've lost Devin Bush for the season. But just to ask the question, MVP for me right now is Big Ben. Okay, that's an now interesting he, pick. Now he's, in, you know, he's in COVID. I don't know if you know the situation there. I saw that. I saw so that. We don't know what the, the impact of that. And he has a, a, a lingering knee injury as well from last weekend's mm. game. So we're not sure if he's going to play this week. But at this stage of the season, for me, it's Big Ben. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. There was a, a PFF podcast with your man Sam Monsoon, I think his name is, who basically tore Big Ben to shreds saying the Pittsburgh Steelers are 8-0 without without an MVP caliber quarterback at the helm and then the Athletic put up a piece kind of saying Ed Boucher the from the former Pittsburgh Gazette who's a longtime writer of the Steelers pretty much kind of said you can't say that this is the greatest start to the Steelers franchise history Big Ben is doing what you want from your quarterback you don't need to have MVP can be defined in many different ways and I would agree with you I think Big Ben is up there the pick I'm going to go with because I'm not going to go with Russell Wilson either because 
as much as I like him, I still think there's some issues that he has with certain picks in certain games, is Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is having a really, really good season at the moment. And that is with a receiving core that, again, they haven't beefed up for him um, this season. So Aaron Rodgers might pick, but I, I like the fact you've gone for Big Ben. That's a that's an interesting choice. And I think when we, when we put it out to our listeners, it'll be good to get their feedback as well, because it's unlikely to go to pick like that. So uh, I appreciate that one. You're Brian. surprised by that one, I'm a little, I'm a little surprised. I'm, I'm enjoying it. That's a, that's a good yeah. pick, though. It makes me feel I'm good not, after, yeah. after the weekend. <laughs> um, all right, give me, give me your rookie quarterback of the season, or give me your rookie of the season offensively. Even I'm, I'm happy with either, but I think I kind of know where you're gonna, probably going to go with this one. Yeah, I'm not going to go back to uh, surprise on this one. This one's a very obvious one, and it's the first round pick. It's the first pick in the draft. Joe Burrow, he's really been excellent for the Bengals. They beat yeah. the Titans two weeks ago, and. There's been very like we've moved on from that weekend of games, but it, maybe it was because they were going on their boy last week. But there's been very little said about the fact that he tore up that Titans defense. You know, be, everyone thought that would be a, literally a rebound game for the Titans after losing to the Steelers. And Burrow did a great job on them, and he's doing a great job against the Browns. He went to the played the Browns twice. He's done really well. He's got a tough one this week against the Steelers, so it'll be interesting to see. But in terms of standout quarterback or standout rookie. Has to be Joe Burrow, you know. Chase Young's second pick is with the Red Washington. They're not doing a lot, you know. Two is only starting yeah. to come into the team, and people probably think I should be selecting Herbert, but I still think overall, Burrow has shown so far he's he's he was the right choice in terms of being the first pick in the draft. Yeah, I think Joe Burrow for me as well. I've been very high on him. I think he he shows a level of maturity and experience that he just doesn't have, but yet he exudes it. He you you would you wouldn't believe that he was a rookie quarterback with the way he performs and the way he controls that offense for the Bengals. I think Herbert is up there. We love Herbert. We've all said it. He throws one of the prettiest deep balls in the NFL. But again, he he does look like a rookie at times. Um, and I think that is the difference between a few of them. So now I would be pretty much with you there on the on the Joe Burrows camp in terms of rookie quarterback of the season. And the last one I want to throw to you uh, before we move on to next week's games. You're leading wide receiver because I think it showcased the importance of wide receivers and there's been a lot of standout performances this year. I have a few. I'll give you my two first at the moment. So the two that stand out for me at the moment are AJ Brown for the Tennessee Titans uh, and DK Metcalf. And again, obviously when people hear those names, they straight away will see and think of the similarities. They are two absolute monsters and beasts at the wide receiver position. But for me, what makes them so different and stand out is that they can just literally take a simple catch and run on any sort of a, a route and turn it into extra yards and touchdowns. And we're seeing that with the Tennessee Titans. A.J. Brown is catching and turning into conversions when needed the most. And D.K. Metcalf is probably just that that chase for that uh, touchdown-saving tackle a few weeks ago was phenomenal. The cheetah chase. The cheetah chase. It was outrageous. But there, I'm. if I had to choose between one of them, I'm actually on the A.J. Brown camp. I really like watching him. I watched the Tennessee Titans game at the weekend again. There's just something about him I really like, especially at the red zone threat. But yeah, AJ Brown would be my pick at wide receiver this season. Yeah, well, I actually thought you were going to go down the rookie route for the wide receiver, so I'm going to stick to the rookie route. I've been very impressed who wasn't high up on the draft board, uh, with Justin Jefferson, wide receiver at the Vikings. He's catching some re- long bombs from Cousins when Cousins is allowed to uh, air it out. And uh, the Vikings aren't dead yet. You know, we were high on them. We said Mark were very high on them. And the Rolled in now with two good wins in the past two weeks against the Packers and the Lions, and they're playing the Bears this week, so the chance they'll fall out of the division. But uh, he's one that 
Is that the obvious one? The obvious ones would be to say CeeDee Lamb, who, despite the Cowboys' problems, has done really well. And you've got Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. We've seen him do really well for the Raiders. But for me, uh, Justin Jefferson, I think he was picked around 18. And he's really stood out for the Vikings. And Thielen, you can even see in the past few weeks, Thielen's uh, receiving yards has dropped. And his looks has dropped in terms of how many passes have been thrown his way because Jefferson is starting to get more of the play. So he's, a, he's he stood out for me on the rookie side of things. For the wide receivers. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good pick. Um, I like Jefferson. I think that was one I wouldn't even thought about. So, but because uh, again, I think with the Vikings, I haven't watched them enough to really be following. I think I kind of after the start of the season that they had, I fell out of love a little bit in terms of what they were doing. And like you say, Kirk Cousins is one of these quarterbacks. If you let him play, he can perform quite well for you. I do think they're a running team. I think we're seeing that at the moment. Um, their star running back, his name is left. Devin Cook. Moment. Dalvin Cook, Dalvin. They, 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 put the, they put the ball in his hands and say, run, to, run us to victory. And he's done that over the past two weeks. Two touchdowns last Sunday against the Lions and four the previous week against the Packers. And as I said, they're playing the Bears this week. You, if you saw any of the Bears game the weekend against the Titans, didn't score to the fourth quarter, couldn't move yeah. the ball. So it's hard to see uh, the Bears winning that game with the form that the Vikings have come into because I'd also throw in there that the Vikings really should have won in Seattle and they threw that game yeah. away. So they're a better record than, than the three and five that they are. And um, I don't think they're done yet. I don't think their season's over yet. So we'll see. Okay. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I think moving into week 10 of the NFL. So we are going to look at some of the, the picks and crucial games ahead. Um, Thursday night football, Colts at the Titans. So we have the five and three Colts playing the six and two Titans in an AFC South uh, rivalry. Uh, I'll go first for this one. And for me, again, Titans are minus one in this game. Uh, I'm going to go with the Titans based on the performance that they had at the weekend. And I do think the Colts are they're not as bad as we made them out, or I made them out to be um, with Old Man Rivers at the helm, but I'm still not high enough. And I always said I would never put my money on, on Old Man Rivers. So I'm going to go with the Titans for this game. Absolutely agree. I think it's a great bet. Uh, only a point, you know, it's literally a pick game. And actually, one thing I didn't get the chance to touch on, I don't have any, but he's picked up on the Philip Rivers and his, his motions there last week. This week looked like he was just jumping onto a sunbed because uh, he had a pick six. And when the Ravens player was returning, he happened to be going straight in, in Rivers' direction. The Rivers conveniently uh, stumbled over. It was absolutely hilarious looking. And people who've been slagging Danny uh, Danny Dimes over his, his fall over his fall to grace on the 80-yard run, um, some people have commented this is even funnier. The fact that he literally just gave up on the play and said, look, I'm an old quarterback here. I'm not going to even be putting any tackle in. So I'll stumble and pretend I fell down. Absolutely yeah. hilarious. But uh, yeah, back to the point. Sorry. Coles don't, still don't trust them. Trust the Titans more. Took out a good win against the Bears. And I think their defense would be too strong for Rivers to be able to move that ball up and down the field and the Titans all the way. Perfect. And I think then we're moving on to the Texans at the Browns. So we've got the two and six Texans against the five and three Browns. Uh, Browns are at home for this game and the Browns have a minus three handicap. Yeah, minus three handicap. It's a tough game actually to pick despite the Texans record because, uh, well, I don't know what the situation is with Mayfield because he's been on the COVID list throughout the boy, but I imagine he's going to be cleared to play that stage. But um, I don't know why. It's nothing in particular that's pointing me in this direction, but I actually think I see an upset here. I think okay. uh, I think Sean Watson will have another good game. They were fortunate in the end against the Jags, but in saying that, if you look at the amount of points that 
they put up and Watson seemed to be back to his best. He was throwing um, really long touchdowns to Fuller. And for me, I think the Texans are um, alive in this game. I'm going to pick the Texans to win the game. I'm going to go with the Browns for this one. I, I'm very high on Stefanski as head coach. Mayfield is a worry, and we talked about this on the Friday Red Zone as well. If anyone missed it, it's up on our YouTube page and Twitter and social. Um, we talked about, you know, boom or bust quarterbacks this year in the hot seats that some of them are in, and we do think Mayfield is possibly one of those QBs. So I think it could be a big, big game for him. And I think at five and three, the Browns, if they win this, it, it, it gives them that playoff hope um, and it turns it more into reality. So I'm going to go with the Browns at minus three for this game. Moving on then, we've got the Jags at the Packers. So we've got the Jags 1-7 against the 6-2 and two Packers. I guess in, I, there's not really much to talk about this. The Jags are in the hunt for Trevor Lawrence. That's very evident at the moment. Gardner Minshew, don't know if he's back. Don't think he is. So I'm going to go with the Packers. Minus 14. I, I'm going to go with the Packers to win. I'm not 100% sure about the handicap. It's a big it's a big spread, but I'm going to go with the Packers for a win. Yeah, look, the Packers are going to win. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But the spread is a tricky one, 14 points, because you just have a situation where take the foot off the gas in the fourth quarter. But um, no, I do think the cover, I think we could see a similar game to what we saw last week against the 49ers where they just get up so early on the Jags. Jags can't move the ball. And um, it'll be a reasonably comfortable game come the tour. Fourth quarter where you might even see Rodgers to stepping out of the game just to save himself for the following week. So yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna pick them to cover, yeah. So we could see Jordan Love is what you're saying? He's on the COVID list now. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah. Jesus. COVID everyone, is striking everyone, Everybody everyone. wants to get on the COVID list at some stage. Oh. So they won't be loving right. him this week. No, exactly. Look, we're moving on then to the Clash of the Titans, the game of the week, Brian. This is the one that everyone is looking forward to. It's the three and four Philadelphia Eagles against the two and seven New York Giants. Oh, just take it away. Minus three to the Eagles is the handicap for this one. Where is this one going? This is, this is the, the Sunday prime time game, isn't it? No, no, no. Six o'clock game. Come on. <laughs> it's, uh, we should have beaten the Eagles two weeks ago. We were 11 points up and five minutes ago. And I keep saying we're in these games every every week. But things have changed again in the last week. I don't know if you know to see the Golden Tate situation. He wasn't very yeah. pleased about oh, his, wife, his, wife, his, his wife wasn't very pleased on Instagram. Well, I was pleased to see her on Instagram because she's, uh, <laughs> she's, uh, she's um, an Irish one, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no I'm confident uh, surprise surprise I think we're, we're better than our record says and uh, I think we have the, we definitely have the team to beat them and uh, we're getting the points again In so no I think the Giants will win this weekend again I think we'll win two okay, well, look, I'm, 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 I'm going to show some emotional support for you Brian oh, for this here weekend. we go so I'm going to go with the Giants. I'm going to back the Giants. I'm going to put some money on it. And look, we'll be in this one together. We, we, we will follow this one closely and hope and pray for that uh, uh, majestic Elus- win. Elusive win against the Eagles before his yeah. time in, in 12 matches or something. Yeah, exactly. And look, we go from one amazing, entertaining game potentially to another with the Bucks at minus six at the Panthers. Uh, and look, we've literally just touched on today about the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are six and three going up against the Panthers team who are performing really well and put the Chiefs to, to the sword close on and ran them right up to the fourth quarter. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna let you lead on this one. Where 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 are you where's your heart going with this one or where's your head going with this one? It's a tricky one because um having been impressed with the Panthers last week, I really want to pick them. I mean actually, if you recall the first game that the Bucks played 
against the Panthers. It was actually a lot closer than the score gave a credit for. I think, I think in the end, they won by, won by seven or ten points. But for a majority of the game, Panthers were, were well in the game. But McCaffrey's now a doubt again because it's not the same injury, but he's actually he's he has a shoulder injury. And there's no confirmation whether he's going to play or not. It's very early in the week at this stage. But if he plays, I'd be picking the Panthers. But on the base, he doesn't play. I'm going to pick the books. Does that make any sense? <laughs> that's that's clear enough. I, to be honest, I think even with McCaffrey playing, like if you're Tom Brady, you you like you do not want to be dropping balls this week. Um, I think Antonio Brown could have a massive game uh, against the Panthers. I think Gronk is going to have a big game. I think you're going to see the books on offense firing in all cylinders for the weekend coming. So I'm going to go with the books and I'm going to go with them to cover the handicap regardless of McCaffrey starting. I think it's just too big. Look, another quick one. No line on this one. Washington at lines. This is one of my flip the coin sort of games. I just going to go with the lines without any line. Just that's, that's, that's the way I'm leading on this one. I actually have no doubts about this one. I'd be very confident on the lines. Um, mm. The Washington situation with the quarterback, Kyle Allen was gone now, so Alex Smith's going to have to need the team. He's not more, he's not more well enough. Yeah. yeah. Coming back, I saw at the weekend, he threw two, two, two or three interceptions, three interceptions, in fact, to uh, to the Giants, and I can see him showing a few interceptions again against the Lions. So the Lions, no line at the moment. I'd expect it to start out about four and a half. The Lions give or take by the time the weekend comes. Very confident the Lions will win that game. Yeah, uh, next one is an interesting one. I'd love to know who came up with this line and what stats they're using to to project this. But we've got the 7-2 and two Bills playing the 5-3 and three Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, the Bills are away, etc. But the cards are minus 2.5 for this one. Obviously, two teams who I'm big fan. To be honest, this is just going to be an entertaining game, I think, more than anything else. But I, I'm leaning towards the Bills at minus 2.5. Absolutely agree with you. The Bills are getting 2.5 points. I couldn't believe it myself. I was surprised. I thought the line would be more geared towards... I, I thought the 2.5 would be in play, but I thought it would have been on the other side. I thought the Bills would have yeah. been the favourites. But... Um, It'll be a high-scoring game, certainly one that I know you like your overs, so I'd be considering the over. It's probably astronomical. It's probably in the 60s. But yeah. um, I, no, I agree. I'm going to go with the Bills. I think the Bills are leaning in the right direction. I think the cards are slowly coming back to what I expect them to be, which is a team that will do reasonably well during the season, but could miss out in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I think it'll be an interesting one. I'm going to go with the, the Bills for this one. We're then moving into an AFC West um, divisional game, and we're looking at the Raiders, who are 5-3 and three against the 3-5 and five Broncos. Again, on paper and the way the Raiders are playing, you would pick the Raiders. Well, I sorry, I would pick the Raiders fairly favorably for this one. But the Broncos kind of don't really have much to be playing for, and I think Drew Locke is performing well enough in certain situations. And then, obviously, with their rookie wide receiver, I'm a little bit nervous for the Raiders, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with them at minus five at, at home, especially minus yeah, five and a half. Sorry, five and a half. This division is one of the you know the games you know there's no logic in sitting at times with these games you know because they're so close in the division they all seem to come down to the wire. Last weekend, the Chargers and the Raiders, the Raiders haven't gone in and beaten the Chiefs, and there's a few other games in the division that have just come down to the end. Um, I'm gonna pick the Raiders. But I think they'll win a close game by a field goal. I think it could even come down to the last drive, something similar to what they had in LA at the weekend. And they just just about managed to hold on for a win. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. But I'll probably take the Broncos on the, on the points. Okay, interesting. And I think they were moving into a game which, to be honest, like you know, you're, you're looking at the Miami Dolphins who are uh, five and three 
and then they're going to come up against an LA Chargers team who are two and six, but who are, who are two and six with a really good quarterback. And again, if you watch the Chargers Raiders game, they like they threw for a, a winning touchdown, but again, obviously with the new catch rules, it didn't count because he didn't have full control of it as he came down with it. But it's a this is a really tough game for the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are being given minus two and a half in this game. I'm kind of leaning towards the Chargers and Justin Herbert when it comes to the battle of the two quarterbacks. Well, they're two and six, but the record isn't reflective of, of the of the team they are this season because the last three games yeah. in particular. The like last weekend they had a touchdown, which was really another season that would have been given and they would have won the game. They threw away a 14-point lead in, in New Orleans when the Saints just weren't playing well and they missed the field goal at the end to win the game. And then the Broncos game sandwiched in between that is where they literally imploded. They were 24-7 up in the middle of the two quarter and then locked drove down at the end with the very last play of the game to beat them. So there's three wins, which was, you know, not, not necessarily they should have got all three wins, but if they got two of the two of the three, changes the whole season for them. In saying that, I said earlier in the show, high in the Dolphins, two and a half points at home. Preston Williams, the wide receiver, is out, who seems to be a target for for Tua. But they have Parker, they have Gaziki, uh, the tight end, playing really well. Yep. Their defense is really good at home. So no, for me, it's the Dolphins. I think they're going to win, and that'll be five in a row, and they'll still keep in the in the race for a wild card. Okay, interesting. And I think we're moving into then another divisional uh, clash between the Bengals and the Steelers. So obviously, the Steelers are eight and zero at the moment, and they're coming up against the two and five Bengals. But I think the bookies are showcasing like it's very hard to call these divisional games regardless of records. So they only have the Steelers at minus seven and a half against the two and five team. But it's back to that point as well that they've got Joe Burrow at the helm. Uh, and I do think with Big Ben, we don't know what his position is with COVID. Uh, we also don't know what his left knee is like. So he was hobbling quite a bit in the last game. Again, with the performance they had at the weekend, 8-0, the chance to move into 9-0, uh, I'm going to go with Steelers and I'm going to go with them to... I'm actually not going to go with them to cover because I think it's going to be close. I think they'll win by just about a touchdown. Yeah, and that line is now gone. That, that 7.5 is now off the board because they, they're now waiting for an update on the Big Ben situation. Interesting, okay. Yeah. Look, it depends if he's going to play. Um, I mean, is it Mason Rudolph come into the game at the weekend? For- it, Mason Rudolph came in for a play uh, when he went off injured for, for one play. And we saw him last year and we weren't convinced by him. So if he has to play the whole game, I'd be concerned whether he can do the business. But look, I think inevitably what will happen is Big Ben will be clear to play. He's not in COVID protocol because he actually has it. He's only there because of a whole, he was close contact of one of the players who happened to pick it up. So I think he'd be clear yeah. he'd play and I think they'll win. And I actually do think they'll cover because I think we might see a situation where as well as the Bengals have played this year, when they went into Baltimore, uh, the Ravens took care of them convincingly. And I think it'd be a similar situation to the weekend. I actually think the Ravens will be, or sorry, the Steelers will be comfortably. Yeah, I, I think assuming they'll... Assuming Big Ben plays. Yeah, assuming Big Ben, I think if Rudolph plays, Jesus, yeah. all, hell could, all hell could break loose against another divisional rival. But sure, look, we'll see what happens. We're moving then into a NFC West battle. And again, we're looking at the Seahawks at the Rams. The Rams are minus two. You've got the Seattle Seahawks leading at six and two at the moment. And the Rams having kind of an up and down season where they're five and three, you know, good record. But there's games where they perform really well. There's games where Jared Goff comes in and has a good one. Another one where he has a stinker. And then Aaron Donald where certain games he's been shut out. So, again, with the Seahawks defense the way it is and with Aaron Donald hopefully going to have a big game, I'm going to go with the Rams at home at minus two for this game. 
The Rams five wins to save in four coming against the NFC East, or least as Mark likes to call them. So a lot of people are literally scratching those wins as their wins that majority of teams would pick up anyway. And the other win came against the Bears who are struggling on offense. So they haven't really beaten anybody who you would expect to see in the playoffs. And they're getting they're getting their favorites. I'm very surprised again. I thought the Seahawks were in favorites. I think the Seahawks will rebound and win this week. I think Wilson will have a big game on even um, with even with Aaron Donald on his on his heels. Yeah, I think he'll do enough because I don't think the Rams offense will do enough despite the Seahawks' frailties on mm-hmm. on defense. Um I think it'll be another no, I wouldn't say it'd be too high scoring a game, but I think Seattle will win. Yeah, okay. We'll see how that one performs. It's a tough game to pick. It's a a tough one to pick. I think it comes down to how does the Seahawks' defense perform and does Aaron Donald get at Russell Wilson? So I think that'll be the battle of the night. It's not the battle of the quarterbacks. It's the battle of Aaron Donald and Russell Wilson. Um, I think will dictate this game. We then have the injury-plagued 49ers uh, visiting the New Orleans Saints in the Dome. Saints are obviously 6-2. Minus nine and a half points. Uh, I'm assuming that line is still relevant even after the the Tampa Bay excursion. So, yeah, like this Tampa or Saints at home in the dome. Michael Thomas back. Everyone performing well. Like I don't think this goes any other way other than a, a, a New Orleans Saints win and an easy cover of the handicap. Uh, I'll spoil it for you now, Gordon. This is the this is the lap of the week. The Saints have got their mojo back last week. Yeah. Um, You've got a situation with the 49ers that are completely done in terms of injuries. And their defense was just plays well, just couldn't keep up with the, the Packers last week with Rodgers and Adams. And I see a similar situation where Braves and Kamara and Thomas and all these other new wide receivers and Cook, the tight end, is getting plenty of catches. Just can't see how they would be able to live. Like we're just talking about a, a touchdown and a field goal. Even if it's a high scoring game, you still see the Saints winning by 10 points. So, yeah, absolutely. Saints all the way in this one. Just, just to move off point a little bit, and, and again, I'm I'm saying this without actually having full knowledge of the the contract situation. Is Jimmy G the the 49ers quarterback moving forward, or do we see John Lynch and uh, and the guys trying to make some moves in the offseason? Because it's a team enough friendly quarter uh, contract they gave it to him very early in terms of once they traded for him. But you know, injury play Jimmy Garoppolo is he the future of the Niners? Not for me. I think yeah. uh, I think they'll make a trade in the in the in the offseason. Um, rumors rumors Patriots will be interested again apparently. It's hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the problem is with the Patriots is they're not likely going to win a couple more games. They'll be able to they'll be able to running for a quarterback in the draft. And just to take a, a kind of a punt like a, a love situation with the Packers and all. But um, yeah, it's not against the possibility he could go back there. He knows he'd know the playbook, he'd know uh, Josh McDaniels and Belichick. Yeah, it's actually one I haven't come across. It's an interesting one, it's a good one, a good call for the 49ers. I just see them going in another direction, quarterback wise. Yeah, and um, I think Kirk Cousins might be one. Unfortunately, to, to I've heard one. I have heard that name a few times and it, it scares me, but again, I think it just shows as well that quarterback isn't a position that they value too highly. When I gave this one to Mark last week and he started laughing at me, he thinks I'm mad. But Sam Darnold is not going to be at the Jets next year. He's going to be traded nope. because they're going to pick Lawrence. And uh, I think he's a better quarterback than than he looks because he's just been thrown into his, an absolutely crazy situation there with the Jets. It's just no offense. The offensive yeah. line, of course, is, is broken down. 
the uh, the coach guy is, looks completely lost. So he's yeah. just not he's not the quarterback that they thought he was coming out of uh, California at the time. But I still think he's good enough, and he's from that side of the country. So I might soon to go back to San Francisco, back more yeah. where he's used to in terms of you know home life and stuff, and he might just turn out to be the quarterback that everyone thought he was if he went to the Fort yeah. Jones. But he's going to go somewhere. But uh, I don't think the Fort United should be ruled out as a potential landing spot. Yeah. Bit of a tangent there, Brian. But again, our listeners will be excited for the off season. We love we as much as we love the in season and the perform. We we do love an off season and we love a draft. So yeah, look, it'll be a, a really interesting storyline to keep uh, keep abreast of moving forward. Yeah. Moving on then to final two games of the week, we have the Ravens minus seven and a half visiting Mark Cockrell's Bill Belichick's poor old New England Patriots. Their quarterback Cam Newton, who is just again was this the future of the franchise. Suddenly then. You know, in with the rubbish after the last few games. I, I don't see this going any other way. The Ravens are six and two. The Patriots are three and five. Like I think we all know, the Patriots are just getting ready for next year. And the line has dropped down to seven now. So since we actually did our chart, up, it's now gone back to seven, which means even if touchdown win on a handicap, worst case scenario, you're getting your money back. I agree with you. I think it'd be a similar situation to what we saw last week with the Ravens against the Colts. The Colts went toe to toe to for the bones of two and a half quarters. Then the Ravens just, the run game kind of eked out the win and they, they won't come in the end by two touchdowns. And I see a similar situation to weekend. I could see a 27-10 type victory for the Ravens, but no, no doubt the Ravens will win this game. Yeah. Um, we're then finishing off with Monday Night Football. Poor ESPN have had a terrible run of picks um, for games for Monday Night Football. And it continues this week where they have the... Uh, my, or sorry, Minnesota Vikings uh, visiting the Chicago Bears. And I tried to watch the Chicago Bears game at the weekend on highlights. Like, Nick Foles, I think he needs to consider retirement again. Like, Jesus Christ, he's not he's not performing to... Like, look, I'm glad he got his contract. I deserved it after a Super Bowl win. But, uh, yeah, look, this is a game I don't even think I'll be watching even the highlights of. The Vikings are minus two and a half. We've mentioned Dalvin Cook and, you know, handing the reins to him as opposed to Kirk Cousins. Like, do you see it going any other way? No, I actually agree with you. I think the Vikings will win. Two and a half points is very low. I thought it would have been higher. They seem to have torn the corner. And yeah, to your point, Davin Cook will run all over this. The Bears defense is good, but will they be able to manage Cook for four quarters? I'm not sure they will. And they just don't have enough on offense. I think you're doing, doing a disservice to ESPN there because what looked like two poor games to be shown on a Monday night over the past two weeks actually turned into two entertaining games, the Giants and the Bucks and the Pats and the Jets on Monday night. So, you know, but in saying that, I don't see it this week. I, I suppose it dep- depends how you define entertainment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. No, Vikings, Vikings, yeah. Vikings for me. Two and a half points. I think that's a good bet. Okay, perfect. Look, that's a roundup of the week 10 um, preview. We're moving then into our picks of the week, Brian. And again, this segment is always sponsored by horseracingbuddy.ie. So you'll find all of Brian's picks across their social media channels and our own as well. So nap of the week, you already kind of gave it away, but you're going with the New Orleans Saints for your for your banker this week. Yeah, nine and a half points under uh, the line is nine and a half. They're at home against the 49ers who are completely banged up. Saints got their mojo back last week and I expect them to continue with that type of form this week. Saints to cover the handicap, yeah. Okay, look, we didn't really have the greatest week in terms of bets last week, other than our QB bets, which we'll touch base on in a second. But give us the treble this week. Are, are we going to make a bit of money? We are. I'm confident on this one. I 
I'm going to put the Packers in despite the line. It's actually dropped down to 13. So two touchdown okay. win pulls, pulls you in. I'm putting, the tight, I'm putting the Titans in. I'm going to start the bet early this week. Put the Titans in. I think just don't trust the Colts. Um, the Titans are at home. They do really well at home. So Titans, Packers. And the last one is the Dolphins. Minus two and a half points at home to the Chargers. Despite the Chargers coming close in a lot of games. I think the Dolphins are on a hot streak. They're going for five in a row. And I think it will continue this week. So the treble there, Dolphins minus two and a half, the Titans minus one and a half, and the Packers now are available at minus 13. Treble pay is just short, six to one. And that brings us to the quarterback bets. Yeah, so so as, as, just to recount before we, we, we finish off, so as you said, banker this week is the Saints at minus nine and a half. You then got your trebles, which is the Titans minus one. You've got the Packers minus 14. And then the, probably the one that's going to be the deciding factor of this treble is your Dolphins at minus two and a half at the Chargers. So they're the banker and the treble for this week. But yeah, look, let's go into where the real money lies, Brian, where we've been making money all season, the quarterback bets. And do you have our good old man, Kyler Murray, featuring this week again? Of course I do, yeah. Sure, well, you can't go away from him. Sorry, even you were a happy man on Sunday night once I gave you a few, a few uh, quarterbacks to be back in. Yeah. The difficulty we have this week is two of the quarterbacks that we normally back are in the same game, Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. But a sky bet and they would give you the option to back both in the same game at around seven to one. But Kyler Murray is the first one. Lamar Jackson, he was a, a very good price of the weekend. He was seven to four against the Colts. Not sure we'll get that against the Patriots. So I'll be putting him in. Um, and I'm going to leave it at that for the double because the double is a safer option at the moment. Um, and I just think them two are standout. Kyler Murray scores every week. Um, he's running for over 100 yards in a game. They're in scoring touchdowns. I think he'll do that again. And I think Lamar Jackson will run all over the, the Patriots defense. And he'll definitely score a touchdown as well. So that's the double. And I reckon you'll probably get around 9, 9 to 2, 5 to 1 with them. Okay, perfect. As we said, this segment is sponsored by horseracingbuddy.ie. So all of Brian's picks will be across their social media channels. You can find them on Facebook and Twitter. And you'll find ourselves on Facebook and Twitter as well with the Irish NFL podcast. So Brian, look, that is week nine reviewed, week 10 previewed. Uh, we were here without our host extraordinaire, Mark Cockrell. He's having one of those sort of depression sort of weeks after the New England Patriots performance. But hopefully we'll have him back next week but until then that's goodbye for myself and goodbye I'm not used yourself to, yeah i'm not used to, i'm not used to the signing off how does how does okay sorry look we'll just call it we'll call it now look we're, we're done we're done we'll we're see done. you all next week see you all next week and i won't be in this position good night lads yeah. bye-bye okay.